You're talking the word of God into people. And that was always my vision and my desire to be a living word of God to all the people I meet. Hello. We were at the National Religious Broadcasters earlier this year in May, and we interviewed Vesna Bueller. Well, Carl, I'm so glad that you interviewed Vesna Bueller, uh, the wife of uh, Jürgen Bueller, who's, the, of course, the president of the International Christian Embassy in Jerusalem. Uh, Vesna is a singer. She's a songwriter. She's passionate about worship and impacting Israel and the Middle East with her songs. Uh, with a background and experience from Germany and Israel and her love for Middle Eastern music, she really impacts the region with her scripture-inspired worship. What is true worship? And how can it help impacting Israel and the Middle East? Well, that's a good question, Carl. Um, look, I, you know, one of the things I think is true is that, because we know it from the scriptures, is God inhabits the praises of his people. And one of the things I've loved learning about Israeli society, Israelis believing community here, those who love Jesus, Messianic Jews, evangelical Christians and others, they have really developed their own uh, songwriting and worship music. Well, I would call it an industry. I mean, they're not really selling so much of this, um, except to each other, but it's not like a huge uh, money, you know, revenue builder here. But th- in other words, they're, they're not just importing and translating wonderful worship music and, and, and hymns and other types of uh, spiritual songs from the United States or from Europe or from elsewhere. They, they certainly do that. But Israeli believers have been writing their own worship music, their own praise music, uh, their own, I wouldn't say hymns exactly because it's not sort of like a, an, an old German uh, hymn or something, but it's beautiful music. And Lynn and I and our boys have been touched by the caliber as well as the depth of uh, spiritual depth and, and the emotion of, of this music. And, you know, when you really st- – I'm not a singer, okay? I, I don't even barely sing in the shower. I just – this is not a skill set for me. So I don't, like, think this way. But I have a really, really great uh, Israeli uh, messianic worship music on my iPhone. And when I'm driving in the car, I love to play it. It just lifts my soul. My Hebrew's not that great, I'll be honest, but I've learned the words to a number of these uh, worship songs and praise songs. And it just, it moves me to be driving through or just walking through Israel and be singing in Hebrew. And, uh, and I'm grateful that the Lord has, has, has done this, not only in Vesna, but, uh, in, uh, in so many here in Israel. There's actually a, an annual competition. Uh, there's like a, you know, I, I wouldn't call it a Eurovision or American Idol. I don't want to say it that way, but there's an annual concert and, and people have a chance to, to share their, their best praise or worship song of the year. And then that sort of gets voted on and, and the most popular ones get put on a CD and, uh, turned into an album. So it's good stuff that God's doing here. He's doing stuff like that in the Arab world too, though I'm less familiar with it. But, uh, now I'm glad we talked about the importance of praise and worship in every congregation and in every heart uh, here in Israel. And actually, one more thing, Carl, before we go, I should add also that if you go through the scriptures, right, we often see that not only does God inhabit the praises of his people, but he, but sometimes he actually sends the worship team ahead of the army, right? We're really supposed to be depending on the Lord, that the battle belongs to the Lord. You know, sometimes he calls us to physically fight, and uh, we certainly see that in the life of King David and so forth. But King David, of course, 
is uh, one of the greatest, maybe the greatest writer of uh, praise and worship songs and that turned into Psalms, right? And of course, then we have the Song of Solomon, right? Solomon wrote worship songs as well. And the number one song on the chart, <laughs> apparently, that Solomon wrote was uh, known as the Song of Songs, meaning the best that there is um, of anything that he wrote, uh, also known as the Song of Solomon. So we see the importance of praise and worship um, from the temple times, pre, pre-temple times. We ser- even Jesus and the disciples, they sing a hymn uh, of praise as they leave uh, the Passover dinner on the night of his betrayal. So all through the scriptures, and then, of course, going right up to the book of Revelation, where angels are singing and we will be singing, even me, <laughs> and those of you in the audience who think, I'm not really a singer, I really don't want to, somehow we will be, that will all be redeemed. And uh, I look forward to... Uh, being part of that. So anyway, it's just so important, the power of worship, because it keeps us focused on who God is, not on our own flaws, and certainly not on the enemy. What is true worship, and how does true worship fill our hearts with love for Jesus, even in the most conflicted part of the world? Hi, and welcome to this special episode of Inside the Epicenter with Joel Rosenberg, a podcast of the Joshua Fund, a ministry dedicated to blessing Israel and her neighbors in the name of Jesus. I'm Carl Muller, Executive Director of the Joshua Fund, and I'm here today at the National Religious Broadcasters with a very special guest. Vesna Bueller is with us, and she is a worship leader in Israel, in Jerusalem. And Vesna, welcome to Inside the Epicenter, our podcast. Thank you so much, Carl. It's such a privilege to be here. Now, it's it's fascinating to me that you and your husband, Jürgen, who we're going to do another podcast with, have lived in Israel for over two decades, maybe three decades. Yes, it's going to be 29 years this year. Wow. It came one day after the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And you're a worship leader and a songwriter and a singer. Yes, and uh, And we're going to talk about that in a moment. But you're also, you don't sound very Israeli. So tell me where you're from and where, where your background is. My roots are from Serbia. I've been born in Serbia, wow. but my parents were foreign workers in uh, Germany. Okay. So I married a, past- a German pastor's son. <laughs> yes. Um, and so we moved to Israel one day after our wedding. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, you and Jürgen have uh, some sons, I know, in the IDF. Tell me about your family. We have four children and uh, three boys and one girl. Oh, my. Two of our boys are in the, uh, serving right now in the IDF oh, in Israel. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank them for their service. You oh, know, yes. it's, it's, it's such a, such a huge blessing. <laughs> yes. Um, and tell me about your, your worship ministry and, uh, you know, what the Lord laid on your heart and how you're exercising that ministry gift right now. You know, growing up in Germany um, and being a daughter of foreign workers, I've been exposed to a lot of cultures and many of my friends were descendants of or, or the kids of Turkish, you know, Muslim yeah. foreign workers' children, you know. So I've been exposed to this, you know, to, to these people that I eventually met also in Israel. My father uh, thankfully taught us about Israel. He made us kneel in front of our couch every evening mm. in German, back in Germany when we were still toddlers, and he would pray Heavenly Father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I'm coming 
through the name of Jesus, your son, to you. And he always taught us there are only two kinds of people on the earth. There are Jewish people and Gentiles. Yeah. And we are from the Gentile part and just privileged to worship the God of Israel. And so I was always very curious who these Jewish people were. And yeah. the Lord le led us eventually to Israel. So... Yes, yeah, so when we came there, I saw these Jewish people, yeah. but I saw something that I felt familiar with, and these were the Arab people, the Palestinians, yeah. and I had a heart for them as well. So wow. both, you know, from my education, we loved the Jewish people yeah. as a people, physical people of God, yeah. and then the Arab people that seemed to be very familiar. And if I may add a oh, one sure. sentence, you know, when you live in Israel and you deal with Jewish people and all the intifada and, and you know, the the political um, challenges that we have, the Israelis, they refer to them jokingly with a twinkle on their eyes. These are our cousins. Yes. These are our cousins yes. physically, but even, yeah. Well, well, that's such a beautiful picture. And, and, you know, we've talked about this, that the Joshua Fund's mission is to bless Israel Amen. and the neighbors, the Amen. neighboring countries, the neighboring peoples in the name of Jesus. And we think that so is, is in, it wrapped up in the nature of the gospel that, that you know, Jesus... And his family in Israel and his children, but also the neighbors and the, those that, that are the cousins, I guess, yes. would be the best <laughs> yes. way to put it. Wow, that's wonderful. So, you know, when you're in ministry, I, I've always felt like worship is such a, uh, a profound expression of what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. How do you see music and using worship music as a, as a tool for ministry? Well, I always see music as a like a, being a preacher you know a theological musician or I don't know how to put it but somebody's put it right away into my soul she said you are a prophet actually mm. you're talking the word of God into people and that was always my vision and my desire to be the word of God a living word of God to all the people I meet being even believer but especially non-believers and really when it came to Israel the music sounded so familiar when I opened the radio Middle Eastern flavor you know coming from Serbia we have Middle Eastern music sure. and combined with the German and, and American gospel and everything it, it sounded very familiar to me when I opened the radio but I was saddened to to hear the, the same stuff that you hear in German radios on American radios and she loved me and yeah. she left me and, yeah. and so where is the word of God I thought where is the word of God? So a desire came up, especially during the time of the bombings, during the time of the Intifada. Intifada. I don't know what, how I can help these people. I hear depression, death, funerals in the radio, mm. and a hopelessness. So I thought the only tool that I have, I have, I'm a mom with toddlers. My husband was flying around the globe through the ministry. So how can, what can I do? So I started to write my own devotions. When the Spirit of the Lord touches my heart, I wanted to write it down and put, you know, the music that I was born into, yeah. Middle Eastern music. So that's what I did. That's what I did. And, and uh, eventually I thought, how, how can I, how can I bring it now to, to the people? Yeah. So we found, um, in that time, it was the number one producer in Israel, pop producer. And pop in Israel is always with that Middle Eastern flavor. Sure. So the Lord provided, you know, ways that it did uh, come into the radios and they produced it. These were secular Israelis that produced the music. 
they said it's touching our souls. We have goosebumps, you know, oh, yeah. because it was the word of God, you know, right. psalms and personal prayers. Yeah. But some, some, just like David, you know, writing under the stars, you know, the, the heavens declare the glory of God. Your, your songwriting and your singing is tapping into something that, that God is bringing to your spirit to, to share. Exactly. It was a, it's a combination of, you know, the, God, uh, the Lord giving a vision how it should be one day and how the situation is right now. So when, when I came to Israel, so I, I had a naive attitude. I thought, oh, there's so much holiness. There will be so much holiness in this country. But eventually uh, we were confronted by prayers of Muslims out of these towers that were, you know, that we heard every day. We woke up with Muslim prayers. Yeah, call to prayer. Yeah, calls yeah. of prayer. And so I thought one day, my prayer is that one day out of these towers, the Lord's, the Father's voice will be heard. Hear of Israel. I'm your father. I'm, I love you so much. And so I, I started writing songs in that direction. How, you know, just with the mind. It comes out of the towers. And, and to me, the wonderful thing is there are so many towers now after 29 years. <laughs> prayer towers. Yes. Prayer towers mixing with those prayers of the Muslims. Yes. So, you know, can I just, is yeah, it so please, funny? Yeah. Being a mother in yeah. Israel, being a mom, <laughs> I found myself sometimes competing with these voices of the imams coming out of the towers. Right. When I hang <laughs> my laundry, I knew at 11 o'clock he's coming. I want to be first. <laughs> So I started to hang laundry and, and starting to praise Jesus on the top, roof top of my house. And awesome. then he came and I said, no, Jesus is greater. So, <laughs> so you know. Amen. So One was, day, you know. <laughs> maybe we'll have those praises ring throughout all of Jerusalem Amen. On, the, on the rooftops. Amen. Tell me a little bit, because, you know, music is such a healing force. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, many uh, psychologists will tell you the, the use of song and, and music therapy is sometimes deeply healing to troubled souls into people. And I know we see that in churches all across America. Tell us a little bit about how you've seen, you know, maybe some stories from how yes. people have been healed uh, through music, through song, through worship. So I have a very special story. A, a radio producer from Israel, she somehow got to uh, get my CD in her hands and she called me one day and she said, I don't know She's a secular lady. Yeah. I, said, I don't know what it is. But I, for six weeks, I've been crying, crying. I've been constantly listening to the, that music. And it's just really just the word of God. And I'm crying, crying. And I have the feeling that something unclean is coming out of my soul. I've been cleansed. Wow. I just don't know how to explain it. I've been cleansed. You, you know, she, she says that. And I was very much, uh, how do you say, blessed. To hear that even in, in Germany, there is a clinic, psychological clinic. They wrote me that they are using that kind of mu music in their therapy for, for, you know, even without knowing Hebrew. Wow. <laughs> the songs are in Hebrew, but, but there is something. And interestingly enough, children, yeah. children, I get responses from children that I'm they... Sure. There's a joy in them when they hear wow. they, wow. and starting to dance. Uh, yes. I'm sure, you know, my, it's been, you know, my experience, Joel's experience, you know, when we are engaged with this ministry of reconciliation that God has given us, yes. when we bring Israelis and Arabs, when we bring Jews and Muslims and Christians together, when we begin to express what's in our hearts, God's spirit is working there. I mean, don't you feel like there's a sense in which the Spirit of God has, has used for centuries, millennia, 
Absolutely. music as a way to bridge cultural divides? Absolutely. I think it's disarming from both sides. Sure. When a Palestinian or an Arab comes to the Lord Jesus, and we have, we have met so many people that out of a sudden they start to read the Bible, they, they are not immune against this anti-Semitism. Well, in the Christian sense, you know, that uh, they killed Jesus, whatever. They've been Muslims. And out of a sudden, they are confronted with the, with the Word of God, and they see Israel, 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 in almost any verse. So they automatically start to love this nation because it's the Word, and yes. they see Jesus as a Jewish Messiah. So, so this um, is disarming for Jewish people to look at these former people that persecuted them. That's right. Now loving on them. That's right. Now even claiming to worship the God of Israel, it's uh, this is disarming. There's no yeah. words to say, and so that I came to the conclusion. Oh, it's not a conclusion. It's 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 true. It's true. When those brothers, you know, that when they say, "I'm actually your brother," the Bible tells me we are brothers. We've been once in a tent together, That's you right. know, Ishmael and Isaac. So, so it's one new man, as the New Testament new man. says. So yes. the Israelis on on the other side, they are confronted by their own history, by the word of God that they just cannot deny. It's different than a than a Gentile. Yes, that it's it's there. They're flesh and blood, but enemies, yeah. you know. Uh, well, it's so rich. This I is so such a rich topic yeah. and something um, that's so great. Well, Vesna, we're going we're gonna to take a quick break right yes. now, but then we're going to come back and finish talking more about specifically how your, your music is, is being used by God to, to really help change the dynamic there Hallelujah. in the Middle East. Yes. Amen. <laughs> Thank But look around you, your family, your faith, they're not in the way. They are the way. From the creators of Jesus Revolution comes the incredible true story. It's going to be dangerous and scary and giving up. It's not an option. The story of one family's journey from down under to center stage. Unsung Hero, a for King and Country film starring Candace Cameron Bure and Terry O'Quinn. In theaters now. Visit unsunghero.movie to learn more. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Our verse of the day today is found in Psalm 8, verse 2. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. And our prayer requests today are, number one, pray that Israel and her neighbors continue to live and grow in peace. And pray that the love of God continues to be spread through the region, through God's word and Christ-centered music. Well, we're back. Vesna, we're just thrilled to be able to just share a little bit of what your your ministry is all about. And I want our listeners to know that uh, in the show notes to this on YouTube and various other places where you get our podcast, there'll be links to some of your music. And to, for for a little bit of a, of a treat, people can listen and click on those things that are just amazing. Well, I want to just see if you can give us... Uh, what is it like to be an artist in ministry? I mean, you know, 
maybe there's there's wonderful things that God is doing through your art, but what sort of unique spiritual challenges do you face as an artist in ministry in Israel? Well, there are two fields that I'm working in. One is the personal um, worship to the nation, and one is the job that I'm uh, privileged to do now is the coordination of worship leaders to co- coordinate, to bring worship leaders together. Really? And that includes Arabs and, and, and Jews. So um, for the last two years, I've been privileged to coordinate the music for the last two Feasts of Tabernacles. We are bringing worship leaders from all around the world, but f- my own heart beats for, for the Middle Eastern region. So we've been able, you know, the Lord, the Lord provided even... Iranian worship leaders to come. You know, Iranians came last year, two brothers that were former Muslims, they got to know the, they fled the uh, Iran uh, regime. Yeah. On the way of their uh, way out of Iran, they met the Lord Jesus in Turkey somewhere, wow. you know, yeah. and now they're living in Canada and they came to lead, to lead us. The world and the Jewish people into worship. Wow! It was no, I remained dry, you know, when they started. But to worship together with their brothers and yes. sisters, and there was no, oh, you are, you know, who is higher than who? You know, we are one in the Lord. And I have heard that this uh, year there should be a bigger delegation, even from Iran, coming. Wow! Yes, Praise yes, the sir. Lord! And we have one special brother out of Israel. He was in the Arab regions. He was even a wedding singer. You can imagine, yeah. you know, popular star in in Israel. And 10 years ago, the Lord Jesus met him. And today he is worshiping, a worship leader among the uh, Messianic Jewish people and among Christians, you know, in the Feast of Tabernacles. That was the field co- of coordination. And one special story touched me. I was able to once um, uh, minister during Christmas in Bethlehem. And the people just didn't know. Who, we, we couldn't talk about the Christian embassy because it's not really uh, among the Arabs. They, you know, the, it was an outreach to Muslims, right. uh, the Christian party and uh, dinner kind of, you know. And I, uh, I learned the Lord's Prayer in Arab to sing in Arabic. Wow. And somehow they, they, they were Palestinians from Gaza, from Jenin, from all these high places of um, tension. Uh, tension, yeah. right? I sang it. And afterwards, I heard that there is a music video going around in Gaza Hmm. of this incredible experience. There was this Jewish lady singing to us, (laughs) even in Arabic. And (laughs) let them think what this is reconciliation. This is one step to reconciliation. This Jewish lady was was, uh, ready to come to in our midst and to sing in Arabic to us. So, So I was just, thank you, Lord. Thank you for that. You know, so... There is something disarming on that side as well, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, Vesson, yeah, so. I've always believed that, you know, that music enters a different part of our brain than words and just content. So music and the emotive kind of experience bypasses all of the arguments, all yes. of the logic, all of the strongholds that the enemy throws up against the truth Yes, and uses music to penetrate into the hearts and minds of, of people. I believe it's the Holy Spirit. Somebody told me, you know, uh, it's not about the liturgy. It's like in the churches, you know, there's worship and then the pastor comes and there's sure. prayer time. No, the worship is the Holy Spirit preparing, softening the hearts of the listeners. And once you heard 
worship, your heart is open to receive the Lord. It's a work of a Holy Spirit. Yeah. A, yes. No, it is. It is. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your personal prayer for the, the people of Israel and her neighbors. And what do you hope that God does in the hearts and minds of people in the region? My personal prayer is that they come to a personal experience. They come to know the Lord personally. You know, that they somehow discover that religion was just, you know, it's, it's, it's dead. But they need a personal relationship to the Father, to the Father's work you know, to, to, to the Lord. So this is what I'm trying. We are trying, you know, by living among them, you know. We try to be a living uh, testimony yeah. that there is a relationship, personal relationship to the Lord possible. And uh, with our testimony as, as uh, Christian believers, you know, um, combined. So we just hope that the light breaks through yeah. their hearts. Yeah, yes. well, it's, it is true in dark places when the light shines, it's seen by more people. The darker Absolutely. the place. So, um, uh, you're also in ministry with your husband at the International Christian Embassy in Jerusalem. Yes. What do you do there, and, and how does that ministry work? I know we're going to talk to your husband, Jurgen, uh, at a future podcast here. But uh, well, um, as I said earlier, I'm coordinating the music throughout the whole year. The biggest conference that I'm preparing is the Feast of Tabernacles. Yes. Uh, from Zechariah 14, there is this um, verse that one day there will be all the nations will come up to Jerusalem to worship the Lord from all the nations. Yes. So that's what I, I'm, I'm reaching out to all the nations around the world, inviting them to bring a sacrifice of praise into Jerusalem once a year. Yeah. So that's, it's really a heartbreaking. Sometimes people are selling. I mean, we, we met people that sell, sold their house to once see Jerusalem, you know. Wow. But but um, So we see people uh, selling on the market. Somewhere in Fiji, we heard about people that are selling fruits years for, uh, years yeah. and years so they can purchase a go. ticket once yeah. to Israel. So we are doing this. Uh, we are asking worship leaders to come once a year and bring you know, from their own soul, the soul of their nation on the table. I see it's like a huge banquet table where yeah. all the nations are present. And, you know, the people in Israel and the, the, the cousins. Well, <laughs> the cousins and the and, neighbors and all of them. Yes. yes. So they are like, why are you doing that? And so we say we were going, we are just following the scriptures. Sure. That's what the father's heart is. He wants to invite all his it's children. It's a banquet. It's a it's party. A banquet. It's a song fest. It's like a birthday party. <laughs> the Lord is inviting Father God is inviting all the nations Amen. to their ban banquet once a year, and we, we just want to celebrate with you. Amen. You know? <laughs> well, Vesna, we, we need to talk because at the Joshua Fund, we often we have conferences that bring Arab and uh, Arabic uh, speaking leaders from the church, and we bring Messianic believers from Israel together. And we have times where, where there's great fellowship and there's wonder, but we haven't sponsored yet a worship conference where you do that same thing. So we need to talk a little bit about how this might uh, come to fruition. Yes, wonderful. It'd be beautiful. It'd be beautiful. Uh, next week, I know uh, we'll be in Jerusalem. I'll be in Jerusalem for the annual Jerusalem prayer breakfast. And uh, that is a beautiful expression also of how God is moving and, and doing that. And we invite everyone to come. Come to Israel. Come to the land. Come and experience what Vesna is talking about and how we are 
so blessed to literally stand in the place where Jesus stood, but worship with the people that he's called today (laughs) in a way that's really living and active. Absolutely, yes. Amen. It's a prophecy fulfilled, being fulfilled. uh, Tell me about that. What prophecy are you referring to exactly? Um, The very uh, same words that I've been thinking about, the nations coming to visit you know, the family of Jesus, the yeah. fa- I refer to, you know, the physical family of Jesus are the Jewish people. And, yeah. and so we cannot ignore them. If you're married to somebody, you know, you, <laughs> you go and visit the family. family. You bring gifts. This is our family. And you're bringing gifts. And one yeah. of our gifts as a, as a, you know, body of Christ, it's music. There's a musical gift. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so amazing. And, uh, and obviously we want people to come to this yes. amazing city. Amen. And we want people to come to this amazing country. And to experience the love of Jesus Absolutely. for Israel and the blessing to the neighbors That's as well. Actually, what also is very important to us to show another face of Jesus. There was this political Jesus, yes. the Christianity that uh, persecuted Jewish people. And, and so we now, we, we really want to show the face that we have experienced. Amen. It's love. It's embracing our brothers Amen. and sisters. Yes. Well, Vesna, thank you for this, this time. It's been really amazing. And, thank you so much. And I know there's much, much more we could talk about and probably will on a future podcast. I know, uh, I know Joel will want to add some comments here as well. Uh, you know, we're just grateful to be able to meet you here in the U.S., but also then back in Israel. And to all of our listeners, I would just like to say again, come to Israel. Come with the Joshua Fund this year. Uh, we would love to have you. And if you'd like to learn more about what the Joshua Fund is doing in this absolutely critical region of the epicenter to bring hope and healing, go to our website at joshuafund.com. And there you can find out about all the work and all the different programs that the Joshua Fund is standing behind. And for the ministry of Vesna and the International Christian Embassy in Jerusalem and many other things that the Joshua Fund is with. As always, if you want to check out anything you heard on this podcast, you can go to our show notes as well. For Joel Rosenberg and the entire Joshua Fund team here at the National Religious Broadcasters, I'm Carl Muller. And thanks for listening to this special episode of Inside the Epicenter with Joel Rosenberg. Hi, this is Joel Rosenberg, founder and chairman of the Joshua Fund. And I've got exciting news. In 2023, I'm inviting you on behalf of our entire board and staff to come to the Holy Land, to come to Israel on the next prayer and vision tour. This is the 75th anniversary of the prophetic rebirth of the modern state of Israel back in 1948. And what is God doing here? It's amazing, spiritually, economically, in so many ways. There's been so much growth, so much progress, but the best is yet to come. And we want you to see it. We want you to walk where Jesus walked. We want you to see where the apostles ministered. We want you to see where people's lives were transformed by the love of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. We want you to see this city where Jesus died and rose again and where he's coming back, I hope soon. But in the meantime, come to Israel with the Joshua Fund. You can learn more about the trip, the itinerary, the cost, all the details at joshuafund.com. But sign up quickly because I think this thing is going to fill up fast. The Prayer and Vision Tour of Israel in the fall of 2023. I hope to see you there. In a world where relationships are easily broken and often discarded, the Rebuilding Us Marriage Podcast is your lighthouse. 
guiding the way to hope, restoration, and transformation in Christ. I'm your host and marriage coach, Dana Shea. Join me as we discuss the necessary tools for rebuilding marriages from adversity, betrayal, and disconnection. It's time to reignite love as we rebuild marriages from the ground up. Listen to the Rebuilding Us Marriage podcast on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.